Welcome to A Pastor's Perspective. Now life is full of heartache, struggle, and pain, but the way we see it, we overcome because He overcame. We are to always pray. And everything that we do, we do it in Jesus' name. Now, a pastor is a shepherd. He's not selfish. He's friendly. He's a helper. A pastor is a teacher. Faithful. Sensible. He's much more than just a preacher. A leader. Well-respected. And this, well, this, my friends, is a pastor's perspective. It's gonna be good. I'm telling y'all, y'all marriage gonna go to like a thousand, and y'all singles, y'all gonna be able to hold on and see what the end gonna be. I'm trying to tell you, I'm so ready for it. Without further ado, my I'm guest tonight, you. Pastor Kelvin, Lady Nicole Steele, Hill So Life family, give them some love. Come on and throw up those emoji hands and welcome them to the Hill So Life stage again together. <laughs> I'm so excited to have y'all. See. I'm just so excited y'all are here. Like I said, we've had both of you all separate. Y'all had me cracking up behind the scenes. So I can't wait to jump into this conversation. But for those who may not have caught you before on the show, please tell us who you are, where you're from, just a little bit about yourselves. You go first. You're the guy. You're the girl. You're the head. You're the tail. <laughs> you see? Yeah, I'm going to need y'all to pray right now. So I am Lady Nicole Steele, and um, thank you for welcoming us back. We are excited to be here. We are in the beautiful city of Greenville, South Carolina, originally from Columbia. Right? Yeah. Yeah, originally from Columbia. But um, yeah, that's who I am. I'm going to let you go. Go ahead. You didn't tell him you're from Valley Park. Don't, don't, don't start. Don't By way of Valley Park. Don't start. Lady Nicole Steele. 48, 48. <laughs> I bluff in the house, baby. I'm always representing. I see you, AC. Don't, 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 um, don't co-sign the nonsense no. tonight. Sorry. I told you. What I told you, what I told you behind the scenes. <laughs> I said, if AC get on here, he going to ride with Pastor Kemp. I already told you. I, I tried to pray. I appreciate you. Brother AC, Elder AC, thank you. Um, I'm Kelvin Steele by way of Bluff Road, Columbia, uh, South Carolina, a pastor of the King's Worship Center, husband to Nicole, uh, father to Jordan and Joshua, pastor to the King's Worship Center, a uh, guest on the Healed Soul, and friend of Raymer Word Restoration. So that's me. And, whoop, whoop, whoop. and in the words of Prince Akeem, I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> Yes, I love it. So, to start it off, how long have you two been married? I'm going to let him answer. Let's see if he gets this right. Uh-oh. It'll be 26 years this year. Yes. That's correct? Well, all right. 26 years. Can we give it up for 26 years, y'all? That's a long time. She's been blessed now. <laughs> yes, she has. God's been good to her. Lady Nicole, you've been better than blessed. Oh, yes, better than blessed. <laughs> God Praise has been so good to me. You better tell the Sonia, people. Sonia, blessings to you. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> so 26 years, that's a long time. How do y'all make that work? Well, to be quite honest with you, sometimes I don't know. No, seriously, though. That's the um, truth, though. Pastor and I, we got married at 19. Um, but before we got married, we were friends first. And so for me, I believe that um, that has that has been the thing that has held us together because he's my like he's my homie. You see how like much we clown and, you know, I feel like we're not the typical couple, you know, because we weren't in love first or whatever. You know, we were just friends, just hanging out, just cutting up. She was. <laughs> and so forth and so on. And that time. has not changed throughout the 25 years. So I think being just having that friendship um, has kept us together because 
I love him as a friend, and I just want the best for him. Like that's that's my homie. Awesome. Yeah, and that Pastor Steele before. I... Um, the fact that she was cute plays a uh, <laughs> it plays a big part in it. Um, she's aged well over the years. You have, I mean. Well, thank you. You have, I mean, from nineteen to your age now. Yeah, you you held together pretty well. Um. Yeah, let's play. I'm teasing. No, just uh, patience, patience, and time. And I would seriously the the friendship definitely um, plays a big part of it. And just realizing that every year, um, well, probably after the first decade, the the woman that I have now is not the woman that I had ten years ago, and certainly not the mm-hmm. woman that I had twenty years ago. And learning how to be patient and understand that. She's not the same person that she was when I first got with her. And can you talk some more about that? Because 19 uh, is, is young. I mean, ooh. So, so first off, I didn't know she was going to hit everybody on the world stage with that one. But what I would say, first thing, and I think we agree on that, I don't recommend anybody get married that soon. I was going to ask that. I, I just don't. Now, if you just got to do it and you're in love and, and you just, listen, you just know and you know, you know what you need to do, then rock on. But, you know, I would I would say a little if we would have done it maybe a year or two later would have probably been better. But, um, yeah, just growing up together, we're basically kids. You got a factor. She moved out of her mother's home into my mom and daddy home with me. (laughs) So we never really there was no college, no going off being on our own. We just kind of we've grown grown up together. Excuse us. And family, you have to excuse my vernacular. I feel like I'm with family. So if I split, I'm sorry. Um. So just growing up, but I think over probably for me, the last three to four years um, have, when I say challenging to the degree that I've had to change my mindset about who she is now, because the, the young lady that I married at 19 is not the same lady that I have now. And it's taken years to appreciate that evolution. Mm-hmm. And so patience plays a big part in it. I would love to hear more of that appreciation piece. No. We can talk about it. Go ahead that. and give it to her right now. Just go on and appreciate it. Right the appreciation is every time she goes home and flips the light switch on and they work. Here we go. Ah, glory to his name. She's getting no letter saying final notice. We open up the refrigerator. There's grocery or there could have been grocery, but the refrigerator is there and working. Oh, yes, come on. Yes, ma'am. It could have been the other way. It could have. Yeah. Listen, it has been the other way. Amen. Thank God for, for Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Amen. But just, just, I mean, we just, we've grown up together. Yeah. You know, we've sure. grown up together. And how do you work through those, those challenges, I guess, and those growing pains together? Because sometimes you find people saying they grow apart or, you know what, this is not what I signed up for. I don't even know who you are right now. How do you work through that? You want to hit that one first? <sighs> How do you work through it? Honestly, um, you know, the best way that we know how, I mean, just a lot of communication, whether it be <laughs> arguments. I mean, can we just be real? Disagreements. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we get it in. You know, um, Respectfully, at this point, most right? Times. Most times, most times, yeah, about eighty percent of the time. Respectfully, respectfully. Um, Except when she does this. When she does this, <laughs> listen. I'm not even playing with you. When, don't, don't do sis, it, sis Regina. We got into it so good one day. She started clapping them hands. And I just went. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you go ahead, and pick back up. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, you know, just <laughs> we don't always we don't always agree on everything. Right. Um, and I think I think that's a beautiful thing because it, may, it, it we're individuals. And so mm-hmm. we don't always see eye to eye on everything. Nope. But I think we have learned to disagree in a way, again, that is respectful. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we have our moments where we you know, we may take about 
you know, a little time, and we may not be like, I don't, I'm just, I don't want to be bothered with you. Let me, let me just have my space for a minute. You know what I'm saying? But that's our way. But that's our way. And then eventually, we come on back together, and you know, we 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 enjoy each other. I, the beautiful thing for me, I I ain't gonna lie. Can can I be can I be honest with you? I kind of enjoy breaking up because the makeup is like. Break wow. up to make up. Yes, you know that song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody say that's all we do. That's what somebody say. He break up yeah. the makeup. No, but seriously, though, that, that's, I mean, that's just how I feel about it. What do you say? What do you think? Yeah, I think um, I would just say to everybody, um, for us, we don't try to paint a picture like we're always this way because we're not. Yeah. Um, most of the time, yes. Um, when we, what you didn't see backstage was she was kind of grumpy, and I'm thinking to myself, Lord, is this a spiritual attack? And it turns out she was hungry, right? And so when she gets that way, it puts me on edge, and I get annoyed. <laughs> and so we have to figure out what works best for us. And so once again, what we're sharing is how we've made it over the past 26 years. There have been times we haven't spoken. In two days, now I know we the the Bible says, "Don't let the sun go down, down upon your wrath." That's right. That's I know people will saying. say, well, "I don't go to bed. I don't go to bed angry with my spouse. We gonna hug and we gonna kiss." Well, the devil is a lie. We have gone to bed angry, and we thank God that He didn't come out of eternity. <laughs> we thank Him for His grace and His mercy. Amen. And um, but those are the things that work for us. For me, um, when I don't have the words, or I'm just truly just, I go to a movie. I'll go into my room and and just watch a movie, or and just take a moment to calm down and reflect. Um, and when we talked earlier about the evolving, because some of the, the the woman that you see now is certainly not who she was even 15 years ago, because we would get in it, and there would be very few words. Mm-hmm. She might cry, <laughs> you know, and go sit down. Now. <laughs> she's not going she's just you know yes. and in my mind now I'm like okay it's not that she's I have to remind she's not being disrespectful she has a perspective too and you have to be able to hear it even if you don't want to hear it mm-hmm. right and so those are things that over 26 years we're learning and still trying to perfect so mm-hmm. it, there's just no, there's no one cookie cutter method assist right. that works for everybody. I mean, we get, we get it in. I mean, when we really into it, we really get into it. But then we yeah. make up. We really make mm-hmm. up. Yeah. I know that's right. And yeah. so a question, when you got into your marriage or came to the marriage, did you both come in or either one of you come in with, I guess, ideas of what that person's role was? I'll start this when you take that, when you take the second one. <laughs> Absolutely. And so this is where we teach now um, the whole thing about being unequally yoked, and but at least having insight about who you're going into covenant with. I came, and I'll let her describe her, her upbringing. She came from a wonderful family. But I grew up seeing mom and dad. I grew up, you know, every, my brother preaching. My mom was, you know, Mother Steele. And my dad at some point gave his life to the Lord. But I grew up seeing mom cooking, cleaning, you know, going to work, ironing clothes, putting stuff in the oven for dad because he worked third shift. She worked first shift. So he would come home. I was poking at about this the other day. I said, my dad would come home and grits, bacon, and eggs would be in the refrigerator waiting. And she she just looks at the refrigerator. And so, (laughs) you know, that's what I grew up. That's what I grew up seeing and expecting not having those conversations because I teach people, you know, all the, the, the feelings are wonderful, but sometimes you have to look at love and relationships kind of pragmatically. What are you bringing to the table that I benefit from or that I'm looking for? Because once the honeymoon is over, once you come out of the bedroom and you, and you breathing and you're, you're going back to work, who's doing the laundry, who's paying the bills, who's cooking dinner, you know, who's cleaning the house, who's vacuuming, who's sweeping, who's, you know, who's doing what. And I came from a very, um, that's the kind of upbringing I came from, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And that's what I saw and that's what I expected. 
And because there, were, there was no conversation and discussion about those things, just love, just us against the world, right. when some of those expectations weren't met, I'm looking like, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. How about you? <laughs> well, mm, growing up for me in a single parent home, um, I didn't have the husband wife model in my home. Um, I did have grandma and granddaddy, but it love yeah, love grand you know, love grandma and granddaddy, but their marriage I wouldn't say was kind of like a traditional <laughs> It worked for them. It worked for them. It worked for them, right? Um and so I, there were just some things that I didn't see, you know. Mom, I just saw mom grinding, working hard to take care of Take care of her babies. So, you know, I understood work ethic, but when it came to um, wife, I had no idea. Uh, I had no idea, to be quite honest with you. So, when we got married, I moved into the steel plantation, the steel plantation <laughs> with the steel family. And so, you know, what I saw was what I saw. And so, you know, I, I tried to jump in and, and be that wife that um, I guess I saw my mother-in-law kind of be that, you know, example or whatever. Uh, after a while, when I realized who I was as an individual, things kind of shifted and changed over the years. And, um, you know, I, I just, I think we just kind of made things work. Mm-hmm. I notated, Sister Regina, um, something Nicole said, and we just kind of said to each other, and we said about her grandparents' marriage, it works for them. And Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that I I say this and I say it clearly. As long as there's not any abuse or perversions Mm -hmm. or deviance within your relationship and Christ is the center, what works for your house works for your house. Mm -hmm. You know? So she, she, at this point, um, if I could go back, you know, we were both working. She had a full-time job. I had a full-time job. We were trying to figure things out. Yeah. And some of the demands and expectations I had at that point probably were not as realistic. Right? You know, she's not the Mother Dolores Steele. You know, Mother Dolores Steele came out of a different era. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, even though she spent time with Mom and Aunt Sheila and all of those people and Aunt Sheila's macaroni. And all that stuff. <laughs> and she's brought some of those things into her own wheelhouse. Right. You know, she's more of that nurturing, take care of the home kind of person, but still in the Nicole kind of way. But at mm-hmm. 19, 20, 21, you know what you expect. And so now that we have children, I say to my son, now you see who your mother is. You see what your mother has done. Before you go out and say, hey, mom and dad, I'm falling in love. You want to have those conversations with that young lady. You want to go home and look at the family. Same thing to my daughter. Before you say, Dad, I think I'm in love, you want to really, you know, take emotion out of it and see how he's raised, see what's going on, because, you know, you've seen what your father has been. And, you know, you're not marrying your daddy. (laughs) That's a whole different dynamic. And so, like we said earlier, you got to figure out what works for you. And 26, almost 26 years into it, now we're almost empty nesters. We're going to have to figure out again how to make this thing work because our lives have revolved around two children. You know, my career, you know, early on, I'm traveling, I'm going, I'm moving, I'm doing all of this stuff. And now I'm like, I just want to be more close to home. And now she's picked up a new career. (laughs) So it's a whole different, it's a dynamic, so... It really is. It really is. It, it really is. We've had to just shift with the different seasons of life. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've had to shift with the different seasons of life. I mean, because, you know, when we first got married, it was, it, we were just doing our thing, you know, at 19. I think, what, we had our first child, 23, 24, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you have children, that's a whole different dynamic. You, you know, mm-hmm. you take on that. For, for me, you know, taking on a motherly role and still mm-hmm. trying to be wife and all of that, you know. And then if you have a husband like mine, like mine he's like, well, what about me? You know what I'm saying? So then you have to adjust and try to, you know, 
see if you can, I won't say necessarily balance, but just try to manage it all. Um, so it, it's been quite an interesting journey. It's oh, been quite, yeah. an, it's been, it's been real interesting right here. <laughs> you and talk for 10 minutes with let sister. I'm sorry, we're sorry. You and me both. That's no, 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 no. I want y'all to talk. <laughs> that I, I want y'all because it, it's about you all and you all sharing. Um, and what you said uh, is, is definitely good for me because it, it sounds like the whole theme is you have to shift, you know, with what's ever going on. Mm -hmm. And it, it's an interesting spot uh, where I am personally in my marriage because I go, I'm going through a lot right now with me taking care of my mom. She lives in mm -hmm. the home. And I'm trying to see what you said, Pastor Kelvin, how do I manage it all and take care of him? Or, you know, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm in here too. You know, and it's, it's, it can be challenging to, to make sure that you work, you mm -hmm. know, ministry, care and all of that. Uh, how do you do it all? And then still take care of you. How, how have you managed to do that? Because you're first lady. So you have your kids, you have ministry, you have to take care of your husband. I, well, I think, Sister Gina, it, it's not necessarily easy, but you have to really um, understand what's priority. Um, mm -hmm. This is one of the things that Pastor Kelvin really would always get on to me about. He's like, everything cannot be an A priority. Nope. And so mm -hmm. um, just really understanding what's priority. First thing is you have to make time for yourself. Period. Like there is absolutely no way that you can't because you can't pour out from an empty, you know, container. That's right. Right. An empty Speaking. vessel. You, you have to make the time for yourself. So. And men of God, you want them to do that. Don't amen. lose that thought. Go ahead. You absolutely. I want you all to hear me clearly, men that are out there. You absolutely positively want your wife to make time for Jesus first and then herself. Now, that doesn't have anything to do with the church. She has to have that time because a wife, if they're a committed wife, can do a role and their hearts not be in it. Mm. Oh, it and us. that's not what you want. Amen. You, you, you that'll preach right now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's the whole word. That's the whole word. It really, really is. So one of the things that I one one of the things that I realized that I needed was to make time for myself. And so for me, I understand me and the things that I personally need. I think that may be different for you know, for everybody else. But of course, you know, my personal private time with me and Jesus, you know, my prayer time you know, getting in the word, whatever that looks like for you is absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think we try to place, uh, and it's not really a quantity thing, you know, it's more about being consistent mm -hmm. and that, did I say qu quantity? Mm -hmm. I meant to say quality. It's not about quantity. It's about quality, the mm -hmm. quality of time that you're spending, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you may not be able to have a whole hour first thing in the morning, but if you can get 15, mm -hmm. 20, 30 minutes in, you know what I'm saying, consistently, you know, get up, Lord, I thank you, you know, go in your prayer time because this is going to set your day up, right? you got to have that time. you got to have it. And you're saying, God, I'm making you a priority first thing and I need you to take control of the rest of my day I find that if I don't do that my day is like a mess is <laughs> it's a mess it can be a mess and so just you know asking God for guidance and direction throughout the day um, because I spend that first you know time with him he allows me to be able to manage the rest of the day. Um, and of course, you know, when it comes to spending time with hus hubby, we just have to communicate, you know, all right, and, and get it in the best way that we can. His schedule is packed, mine may be packed. So when is it, when can we set aside, even if you have to put, get on a calendar, right? You know, this is gonna be our time so that you do have that time together. You know what I mean? And so, at this point, our children are much older, so yep. they are much more independent. So 
we paid our dues. (laughs) And I don't feel sorry for y'all who got them little kids. You will get there eventually. You just hang on in there. God's got you. So, (laughs) so, right, you're going to get over that hump eventually. So it's just a matter of, you know, communicating and just being open and honest, you know, with your with your spouse and saying, hey, this is where I am, you know, just just really communicating, you know, what can we do? How can we make this thing work? And so it, it, it mm-hmm. that's, in my opinion, basically what it is, but you have to make that time for you. So you have to, you have to, you have to, because if you don't, you'll begin, you'll get into a, a space where you feel like you're giving so much, you know, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm working. You'll begin to resent those people versus doing it yeah. in love. So, you know, as much as you love everybody else, you have to show yourself love as well. You have to. And, and Pastor Steele, I guess for you, how do you balance wearing so many hats? Because you have your pastor hat. I just imagine if you anything like, Bishop, you get calls all the time. You have to work. I mean, those frustrations. How do you leave those at the door and then come home and love on your family? How do you you manage all of that? Um, I've been blessed with the gift to compartmentalize. And um, I'm, there's so many things I want to say, and I'm trying to narrow it down in my mind. I'm going to start now, and it's going to sound odd when I say this. COVID has been a blessing. And I, and I don't mean that to be insensitive to anyone who has been sick or maybe has lost someone. I mean it in the regard of it took this to slow me down. Mm. Um, because I haven't been passing near as long as a bishop, so this is only our eighth year. You guys are hitting 20 years this year. Yeah. Um, and... We've been going hard since day one. I mean, whatever we could do. And on top of a 50-hour-a-week job, and when we first started, I believe I was traveling to Columbia for work and then coming back to Greenville and then hosting Bible studies in Columbia and doing things here. And um, what COVID forced me to do was realize how much time I'd lost with my children and how much time I didn't know my wife. Wow. Um, and so I don't even think I've said this to her. It forced me to realize how much I didn't understand my family and how much I'd given to people who don't have the ability to pour back into me. Wow. And I don't mean that negatively. I'm called to serve. Mm -hmm. We're called to serve each other. And while being a store manager with 45, 50 employees, I'm something different to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, As a pastor, I'm definitely something different to everybody. Um, Children that that I've adopted, I'm something to them. Mm -hmm. And because I compartmentalize well and I know my family understands who I am, not realizing that you need to slow down to get back into a mindset of balance, you lose, you lose a lot. Mm-hmm. So the two, these past two years, while ministry-wise, um, God has blessed and God has kept, for my family, it's better. Mm-hmm. This year with my son, phenomenal. My mm-hmm. daughter, phenomenal. Even getting to know my wife again and, you know, dealing with some things, demons, some fights, some arguments, better. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say to anybody, you know, I said to my wife one time, I said, now, I'm a pastor. It's who I am. I'm going to Sundays. I love what I do. I love to preach. I love God's people. But at the end of the day, people that I shepherd as much as I love each and every one of them, they don't have the capacity to give me back what she can yeah. So COVID has been COVID has been a blessing, and I wrote I notated something that I wanted to say uh, when it comes to because it's very important, and I would f- not necessarily fuss, but I when I talk I'm very passionate. I have a very strong, passionate mm-hmm. voice. I taught some years ago about the seventh day, 
and I taught it to the ladies at the church. And I said, because of how God has created you, our wives are designed as the helper. And that's likened to the Holy Ghost. So when we call, they respond. Mm -hmm. And because the way God has designed them, especially if you've got a, a good one, they're going to go and go and go. Fibroids, they're going to keep going. Low blood, mm -hmm. they're going to keep going. Got mama in the house, they're going to keep going. Got responsibilities at the church, they're going to keep going. They've got all of this stuff going, going on in their life. But if God looked at everything and said it's good, and he set a time aside to say, let me rest and reflect. Mm -hmm. The same God, the Bible says, he doesn't slumber nor sleep. Mm -hmm. Took a day to reflect and rest. To you all who pour out and give and see and deal with, you've got to have a seventh day. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be able to determine as a husband, because they'll keep going. You guys will keep going. That, you know what, you need to take a seventh day. Because what I don't want, because we've almost gotten into that space where you, my wife hates the church. Now, and when I say that, she doesn't hate the church. It's like, right. what about me? It's what about me? Your job, mm -hmm. what about me? And it doesn't, and it comes out in ways that we don't intend. Same thing with me. If I don't slow down, you miss something. And so mm -hmm. if I could just give anything to anybody, I'm not saying don't serve your ministry. Obviously not. I'm not saying don't keep your obligations, but you got to know when it's time for your seventh day, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to having a relationship. If I had that insight some years ago, so many things would have been different. And I praise God for what it is. You know, I'm going to say the one thing that I love about my husband, one thing I love about you is the fact that he does not mind the confrontation if it's going to make the situation better. So when I tell you he leads, he leads. And so he knows me and he knows that if I, I'm going and going and going and going, um, he knows my body. He knows that I'll shut down if I do too much or, you know what I mean? Like if I don't rest, get the proper rest, if I'm not eating like I'm supposed to, if I'm not drinking enough water, like he is own it he, more sometimes more so than I am and then he'll he'll say you might not listen and you might not listen to me but this is what you need to do um she's the most stubborn church member <laughs> of all of them she's the <laughs> and so I have to I have to be intentional about not thinking that he's trying to control me or tell me what to do, but he's coming from a place of love because he doesn't want me, he doesn't want me to get down. He doesn't want to be, he, he doesn't like to see me sick or, you know, things like that. And so um, I had to understand him, you know, when those types of things happen. So I appreciate it. I don't necessarily always like it. No, you don't ever like it. Right. But I appreciate <laughs> You know, that he steps in when he needs to and he'll confront me on different issues. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, no. Because he's going to try to do it nah, No, not at all. Not at all. And, and, and let's paint the picture right. I step in right when I know it's necessary. Yeah, for sure. Because I know my wife. She has this whole thing of, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. You know, that's exactly the attitude I get. Bon Quisha over here. <laughs> <laughs> and so I get that. So I know when I need to sit because one, I don't want her sick. I don't want her burden. I don't want her over. I, don't, I just don't want it because then she's not her best self for herself. And then selfishly, she's not her best self for me. Right. That's true. You know, so you, you got to know. You got to know. But we'll stop talking now, sis. So I don't want to leave my single people out uh, with, with them. How, what are some signs or some things to let them know they're ready for marriage or to prepare for marriage? Like how do they know they're in a, a good spot where I can even start looking at this possibility or what are some red flags to say, no, not yet. So I'll hit one and you want to play tennis with this one. I would say I'm speaking as a pastor now. You got me putting my pastor hat on. Okay. I know the Bible says it's better to marry than to burn. 
burn and keep some saved people around you. Don't get married for sex. Because if sex was the answer, there wouldn't be a something called adultery. Yeah. That's get, true. Get accountability partners around you. Go to your first lady or the, the, in the church who you know will keep, keep and hold you accountable. Be honest that your flesh is a mess and that's what you're after. Now, sex is wonderful. That's great. I'm not denying that. But I'm saying to you, don't let that be the reason I'm ready to get married because I just, oh, oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's a sign to me you need some more discipline. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because that's more lust. That would be one for me. <laughs> than it is love. You know what I mean? And 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 though it's good, right, yeah. it's not, it's not going it. to hold your, your marriage together. You know, at some point, you're going to have to come up for air. Amen. And you're going to have to live. You know, you with each snack. other. You exactly. got to go to work. You got to go get a snack. Amen. You got to go to work, right? Right. But um, yeah, no, for sure. I I think when it comes to, you know, when you're thinking about it and, and so forth and so on, I think it's necessary to, you know, get that counseling. Mm-hmm. If we would have got some counseling, oh Jesus, before. We even thought about married or, you know, getting married or, or whatever. I think we would have been in such a better place because when you have somebody, you know, say your leader, your pastor, whoever would do your marriage counseling, they're going to ask you so many different questions that you would not even consider, you know, because you just thinking about the love piece and, and the idea and the beauty of marriage but it's so much bigger than what we see i'm so salty nicole about this whole the, the eros part of marriage um, yeah I, we need to understand agape i would say so sex is one counseling is another understanding what love is love can't be based simply on eros the erotic love you need to understand agape the god type of love because there will come a time in your marriage, you're not attracted, you don't like each other, you don't feel like being married, and you still have to embrace what God's type of love is. Because in marriage, it's not all, you're not always like this. You're not always, you, you just don't. She don't always want me on the way. I keep that same energy. Now. Keep that same energy. It's not always that way. And so I, I look at it now uh, when I've had sons and daughters come to me. I just love them. I just love them. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk. Besides you feel, besides what you're feeling, how does she benefit your future? How does he benefit your future? I, I, I know it's I know it's been a long time, but how how do they benefit your future after that is over? How how you got to look at this stuff very pragmatically. How do we benefit each other? Can I still embrace agape? And I would say one. Don't let love be the, don't let sex be the thing that drives you. I think the second part was seek counsel, get direction from people that are married that you can be around and learn from. And don't let your emotions be the sole thing that guides you and be open to your, you know, if you go to your pastor, which I suggest that you should, um, be open to their feedback. I've had people, I, I'm just not going, no, nah, pastor, you do that marriage? No, I won't. Yeah. I don't see it. And so that's that's that was my point. Did you have anything else on that one? That's that's a, that's a Enjoy being single. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, I wouldn't change anything about our life. Our our journey has been that journey. Mm-hmm. I would still marry her with everything but if you know, if we could enjoy just a couple more years of just courting and Going, she going back to her house. I go back to my house. You know, just enjoy life and living, as my father, Prophet Mosley, would say, and being able to do things without really having to consider. And I know this may sound selfish. I'm not preaching that, but without having to consider someone else, because the time will come where you're going to have to put someone else before you. Mm-hmm. And in that time, you're enjoying Jesus. You're enjoying, I can stay up all night with my sister girls. And we can talk about 
whatever. I can hang out with the fellas and go play basketball and throw my gym shoes over the house and my wife is not going to fuss at me because my socks are in the living room. Mm-hmm. So enjoy, <laughs> enjoy it. Our daughter is kind of in this space right now where she's um, she's 21 years old yeah. and she feels like, you know, maybe she's a little bit behind, you know, on where her, all of her friends are and so forth and so on. And, you know, no prospects and all of those things. And we the same thing that we're saying to you, we say to her, you know, mm-hmm. you're young enjoy life, you know, travel, work, do, do make your life what you want it to be before you even get married. So when you do come together with someone else, you would have so much to offer that you as an individual, not waiting for somebody to complete you. Because sometimes we go into marriages and relationships with un unrealistic expectations of who we think our spouse should be or what they think they should do for us or bring to us and you know he completes me and all of these crazy things and Pastor Kelvin does not complete me he does not God is my (laughs) God is my he is not my everything God is And there was a time where I felt like he is my everything. I really, really did. I mean, you know, like, you know, I love you, but don't don't even trip. Like, don't don't do that. But seriously, what happened was, you know, I I, I placed these unrealistic Superman type of expectations on my husband. And and it when he couldn't fulfill what I thought he should have. It put me in, I felt some type of way. Like, this is who you should be for me or in my life and so forth and so on. But that void was, I didn't have that close relationship with God. And so when I, you know, had begin to develop that relationship with God, this one right, he's just extra. Like, you know, like I'm complete. If something, because you know, some people, are devastated and I'm not saying that I wouldn't be you know feel some type of way if something were to happen you know but my life is not going to end because I got Jesus you know what I mean and so I don't even know if I end I think I just went all in left field I'm sorry that was good (laughs) and in my closing I would say to the singles make sure your heart is ready for someone to win it Make sure Ooh, your heart so is good. ready yeah. for someone to win it. Ooh. So you need to make sure you have been purged of past hurts. That's what I was about. That you you own it. You need to make sure you. You guys know Raymond. You know I'm a deliverance guy. I'll cast a demon out now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but also after that demon has been cast out, what sometimes we fail to realize. I'm free. Now I need to be taught how to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you go and you seek godly counsel. You may seek some there because now you're in a position to receive what your heart was too hard, hardened to be opened up to. Mm-hmm. And so now you're in that place where your heart has been softened. You've been delivered. You're not saying things didn't happen. You're not in self-denial. You can work through this stuff now. And so now when God sends him into your life or when you finally see her because the blinders are off because you're no longer angry because of what happened your heart is now tender for someone to come into your life in order to win you over to let you see I am the individual that God has assigned for your life so please make sure your heart is softened and ready for someone to win it that's so good that that is so so good you know I would I personally, you know, just kind of piggybacking off of what pastor is saying. If there, if there's any unforgiveness, you know, any unresolved relationships or issues, ask God to just show you because sometimes, and what I found is that, you know, as God, as God has delivered me from so many different things, Lord help us, all have mercy, us. Jesus, all of us, all of us right? All of us. <laughs> amen, amen. 
Um, I, I would ask God, Lord, you know, if there's anything that's not like you, if there's anything that I need to be purged from, just sh show me, show me. And when I tell you he will show you what mm -hmm. you need to deal with and what you need to work on, because there are so many unresolved issues that I had dealt with as as a child that when I got married, I didn't even know it was an issue, you know, until my husband tried to touch me a certain way. And mm -hmm. I was like throwing hands up because, you know, I, I was like, whoa, mm -hmm. wait a minute, bro. You know, I felt kind of threatened. Like, don't come mm -hmm. at me like that. <laughs> so, and it wasn't that he was coming to harm me, but because mm -hmm. of what I had experienced. Coming to help you. That's how I felt. That's how I perceived it. That's how I received it. And so, you know, any unresolved issues, you know, from your childhood, from past relationships, those types of things. Um, if you can work, work on those things now as you're single, you know, if you need counseling, seek counseling. If you need, you know, help in, in those types of areas. Or even if you are married now and you still need, you know, help, I would say, Go for it. Get all the help you need so that, you know, that relationship when you do come together can be so much better. Man, that was just awesome and amazing. Singles, I know you're encouraged by what you just heard. The merit was too. <laughs> but what you just heard. Um, my last question before I turn it to y'all to give any last words is for those marriages that are maybe broken right now, they're in a rough spot. You know, you're at the spot where you're trying to say, do I really want to stay here or go? Uh, could be some infidelity. All different kind of stuff has happened. Um, if they have an inkling of, I'll give it one more shot, how does that even start? Like, where do you even begin to try to repair what's broken? You want me to start or you start? You can. For me... <sighs> You've got to take divorce off the table. Um, when it's and when that's not an option, it forces you to either deal with it or live in misery. And the older you get, the more you realize I have less life in front of me than I have behind me, and I refuse to live the rest of my life miserable. So let's get down to it. From my perspective, and I know Nicole has hers, it can be, there's always hope. There's always hope. Yeah. There's always hope. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight. If there's trust involved or loss of trust, you just have to go through the process of building that trust back over time. If you're the one that caused the trust to be lost, you have to go through the season of understanding you're going to be questioned, you're going to be looked at, they may feel some type of way, and you've got to deal with it. If it's worth it to you to keep covenant, you've got to realize at some point things are going to get better. There's always hope. I think we just, there's always hope. It doesn't mean it's easy. We've been there. I mean, we've had knockout dragouts where I know she's like, look, I don't need this. I know I've had it where I'm like, look, I, I'm good. I, my credit is decent. I can, go, I can go. I don't need this. I know you're going to get 70% because you got the kids. That's all right. I can go work, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But you've got, to, you've got to be willing to do the work. You've got to be willing to... We say it so often that it becomes cliche, but you've got to be willing to go through the process to fight for what's worth it. And once again, it's not about just feeling. It's about knowing that the person that you are with cannot be replaced by anything better. Mm. Because I believe God gives the person that he wants for your life the grace to deal with every ugly part of you. Mm -hmm. Now, let me make it clear. I'm not saying tolerate no woman man beating on you mm -hmm. <laughs> or a man beating on you. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that. I'm not saying infidelity is okay, but what I am saying 
is there's nothing that the blood of Jesus can't redeem mm. and that time can't heal when handled correctly. You know, I mm. feel like, is there anything too hard for God? Oh, let me get my new triggers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there anything too hard for God? Like, seriously, that that's, you know, when I think about marriages and, you know, when things are on the rocks or, you know, kind of up in the air and, and uncertain, I, I, that's my thing. Is there anything too hard for God? You know, we trust God with, you know, for that new house or we trust God for that new car and we trust God, you know, for so many different things. But when it comes to your marriage, you know, the, the one that you believed and said, I believe this is my husband or I believe this is my wife, the one that, you know, you would go to bat for and 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 tell your family off about, you know, whether they agreed or not, you know, and, and now you come to a, a rocky place, a situation that is uncomfortable, a place that you don't want to be in, you know, because none of us is without sin. We've all done something wrong. We've all been in a place where we have, you know, maybe offended somebody or, or been in an awkward place. But is there really anything too hard for God? And so that's how I see it when it comes to marriage and to relationship. You know, I stood before a notary <laughs> in Columbia, South Carolina, and and before God, you know, with my husband, just the three of us, when we got married at the age of 19, and we made uh, a promise to each other. And before God, you know, these vows that we made, and we know it's better to not even vow a vow than to make a vow and not keep it, right? You preaching. And so, you know, when I think about even considering because we've been there we've been in that in those ugly places but it's easier to quit than it is to fight for it it's, it's just easier to throw in the towel and say I ain't, I ain't doing this no more it's easier I don't have to put up I hold on so oh we, I know you got to go, so we, we're trying to be conservative with what we're saying. <laughs> you said God sent her to you. Mm -hmm. You said God gave him to you. So mm -hmm. did God lie? Ooh. Ooh. So that did God lie? So my question is, why do we believe that things God gives us doesn't require your hard work? Amen. Everything ain't gonna be easy. There was nothing God gave to the children of Israel when it came to their promise that did not require a fight to get it and a fight to keep it. Mm. Mm. Is it worth it? Oh, Jesus. So the <laughs> question then becomes is it worth it to you? There's mm -hmm. always hope. And in those rare occasions where you have exhausted everything you know how to do, then you seek and you do what is prudent. But we believe, I believe, I can speak for my wife, that there's always hope. Mm -hmm. And we've just got to be willing to change the narrative that there's just, I'm not going to put up with this. Well, okay, did they repent? I'm not going to put up with this. Is she trying to do better? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to repent. Is he trying to go out and find work? You know, mm -hmm. is he trying to do better? We we know, woman of God, that you already make eighty thousand dollars and he only makes twenty and y'all been married ten years. But is the man trying? We we know mm -hmm. she doesn't, you know, necessarily make the, the chicken like your mama do and you tie the Popeyes every week. <laughs> but is there really something to break covenant over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've learned one of the things, there's certain things now, and I'll hush here, that when I was a young man, I would raise the roof about. But now there's some things, now that I'm older, it's not even worth bringing up. Mm -hmm. It's not worth arguing about. It's not fussing about. It's not worth fussing about. I already know if she cooks on Sunday, there may not be any fresh meal on Monday. Mm -hmm. And I know it's, that sounds small, but sometimes we major in the minors. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
is it worth fighting for now in there? I'm sorry. That's true. Lost it. Well, y'all could have kept talking because at, at this point, th those are my, my questions. It was okay. just so good. This was just amazing to me. I I'm going to go back and watch the replay myself so I can just soak in everything that was shared on tonight. I, I thank you all for just giving your insight, your wisdom, man, your time. Everybody was blessed in between, married, single, wherever you at, hard place, good place, lovey-dovey, whatever. I know that everyone found something and this is how I wanted to end. So I'm so grateful that it was just all just in a nice little package, just everything from A to Z. Um, but I want to give it back to you all um, to share whatever last words or remarks, if you want to pray, whatever you want to do. Um, the floor is yours. You know, I would just say, especially for those that may be in a, in a, in a tough space right now, don't quit, you know, hang on in there. God honors marriage. And for those of you, you know, the wives pray, you know, pray, prayer changes things. You know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And so, you know, there's some things that just, you don't, you just, sometimes you just need to be quiet and you just need to go to the father and you need to pray about it. Because if he is the leader and the head that God has called him to be, and if he has an ear toward God, then he's going to hear, God is going to speak to him regarding the situation. And there have been things that I have some concerns that I've had. And I knew that I couldn't go to my husband directly because he wouldn't have received it at that moment. And it would have only caused an argument. It would have only caused a fight. It would have only caused confusion. And I would just go to my father and I would pray and pray and pray. And now I can see that the prayers of the righteous, they avail much. So I just want to encourage you, you know, especially for those rough places, those, those tough places. We've been in those spaces. We, we, we've been there. I promise you, you, we've been there. Over the course of 25 years, we've been through a lot of things, right? We've, we've uh, lost a child together. We've, you know, had sickness together. We've lost parents together. We, we've been through a lot of different things. You know, we've had... Um, we've stayed with our parents. Uh, my, my mom has stayed with us. We've had a lot of different things that we have, you know, come together or, or had issues and, and so forth and so uh, about. But there's nothing too hard for God. So, I, you know, there, there's just, and I hold on to that. There's nothing too hard for God. Um, I would just close out and say it this way um, with the next few seconds. Your marriage is your marriage. And I don't want you to compare your relationship to anyone else's. Yes, we have some insight that we can share that I believe, if applied correctly, can bless you. But at the end of the day, your journey is your journey. And you've got to understand, I don't care how in love you are, how passionate it is, there's going to come a time in that relationship where it's going to be tested. And you've got to stand with God and your spouse and realize we are going to make it through. Now, I also want to end here. For those of you out there that are carrying the burden and the weight of how do I make this happen? How do I make all of this? How do I get the strength to keep going? God, I need you. I don't know how. I don't want to let anybody down. I'm going to say to you tonight, you need to seek God for what to let go. God created us to do a lot of things. You just can't do everything. And I want to encourage you tonight in your marriage. You have not failed as a wife. You have not failed as a husband. God is still in the center of it. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to strengthen that relationship Passions will return. Joy will return. Honeymoon phases are going to come back. It is just a season. I feel the Holy Ghost. And seasons will change. I'm going to tell you, 
don't you break down. I need you to break through. I need you to look at your spouse and say to them, this thing is going to work. I need you to love them even when you don't feel like they deserve it. I need you to push past what you feel and do what you know. And watch by obeying God's principles, by doing what you know, how what you pray for will begin to materialize. I feel the Holy Ghost. There is an anointing tonight for these marriages, for these relationships, for those that, that are looking for those that are ready to try again, where God is healing hearts and changing minds and breaking, breaking these spirits of pain off of you that have caused maybe some bumps in the road in your life. But I'm here to tell you there's nothing too hard for God. I could go on, but I'm going to leave it there on tonight. He's going to strengthen, revive, encourage. Come on. He's going to restore. I, feel, I even see right now some of you are, are remembering where we used to be. We used to be Stop looking back and look forward to what's coming. He used to love me this way, but the love that is coming is going to be better than what was. Come on, somebody. The, the, the passion, the, the, all of these things that you feel the relationship is lacking right now, thank God for what he's about to do. While you may not be having everything that you want, I need you to thank God for what you have right now. It is within that appreciation for what God is sending and sustaining you with. Come on, somebody, that you're going to get the greater that you are praying for and expecting. Come on. He still loves you. Come on. He don't want nobody else. She still loves you. She don't want nobody else. Pastor, I'm tired of you. I don't know if you're here or on the replay. God is going to release that individual into market down. He's going to release that person into your life when your heart has been completely purged. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And for you that's on the live tonight, the weight of what was is not greater than the weight of what's coming. Write it down. It's the word of the Lord. Now, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Sister Regina and this platform. We thank you for the Rhema family. We thank you for Bishop Parrot and Pastor Parrot. We thank you for all of them extending us the opportunity to share with them on tonight. Now, Heavenly Father, uh, your word teaches this way. How do we know a prophet is a prophet if the word of God has been released? And your word says it this way, if that word comes to pass. Now, God, you have released your word on tonight. And for those that will believe your word, God, let what you have released happen in their lives suddenly. God, we pray and cover and protect marriages and relationships. God, those families that have children and they feel like they just don't have enough time or those relationships, they have so much going on and they feel like there's no connection. They feel like they're just roommates in their homes, just coming and going. God, let them see it is just a season. God, your word says hope that is seen is not hope. So God, tonight I believe the assignment was to reignite the hope in relationships. Oh God, to reignite the possibilities of what will be. God, you didn't lead them together just to be apart, but God, seasons change. Now, Heavenly Father, bless relationships, cover marriages, keep them together. We rebuke the hand of the enemy. We release love. We release joy. We release peace. We release passion. Oh God, within these relationships. And we thank you, God, for doing what only you can do. And it's in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, whom we love, serve, and adore and pray. Amen and praise God. Amen. 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 My God. God is so awesome. Amen. I'm telling you, he just really exceeded by my expectations. I know y'all sense his presence because, listen, I'm trying to stay still in my chair. I, I know the Holy Spirit is ministering to your hearts and to your spirit. And I just thank God for, again, you all just being obedient to the leading of the Holy Ghost. I know that marriages are being healed hearts are being healed. I just really thank God because that is what this platform is all about. We're the healed soul life where we're looking for people to get healed and restored. And I believe that the assignment was accomplished on tonight. Healed soul life family, help me love on them and, and thank them for just all that God has done through them on tonight. I know that you all are leaving here better. I'm leaving here better. I'm leaving empowered. I'm leaving strengthened. And if I'm leaving that way as the host, I know you're leaving with a second win. And I just give God the glory. So I'm getting excited because I thank God is not just a show, but God is mighty and he can move through the airwaves in the live stream. So I just really thank God for just visiting, visiting us this time of visitation. Don't leave without getting what you need. 
from the spirit on tonight because he's here to minister to your marriage, to your hearts. And so I'm just so grateful. Um, so you all definitely go in peace, uh, watch the replay, whatever you need, and just allow Holy Spirit to continue to minister to you. Even when you're off, as you lay down tonight, let him continue to minister to your hearts and your spirits. Thank you all again. I love you all. I appreciate you. Thank you for all that you do. Hill Soul Life family, we love you. We hope that you have an amazing night. Thank you again for watching. Please remember to share so that somebody else's life, somebody else's marriage can be impacted as well. Thank you. God bless and good night. Good night. And good night. A pastor's perspective. Now life is full of heartache, struggle, and pain, but the way we see it, we overcome because he overcame. We are to always pray. And everything that we do, we do it in Jesus' name. Now, a pastor is a shepherd. He's not selfish. He's friendly. He's a helper. A pastor is a teacher. Faithful. Sensible. He's much more than just a preacher. A leader. Well respected. And this, well, this, my friends, is a pastor's perspective.